Welcome to Soaring the Sky Glider Pilots Podcast. Hello, my name is Chuck. I will be your host, coming to you from the Mid-Atlantic region here in the United States and flying with the Cumberland Soaring Group. This is episode 54. This episode is sponsored by the Southern California Soaring Academy, a 501c3 nonprofit organization based in the high desert of Los Angeles County. Soaring Academy is dedicated to growing the sport of soaring with young people through its 8th grade STEM outreach programs and giving back to PTSD-afflicted veterans during private monthly events. Flight lessons and mountain soaring are available year-round to the general public, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. To learn how you can get involved, check them out on Instagram and Facebook at Soaring Academy or online at soaringacademy.com. On this episode of the podcast, our guest pilot joins us to share his unique story, how he fell in love with soaring after leaving his home in India to pursue his master's degree in computational aerodynamics in Germany. After discovering soaring in Germany, he trained and soon had his private pilot glider license. Today he shares his adventures in the air and challenges along the way. Later in the podcast, Chris Schrader will join us from the SSA Soaring Convention in Little Rock, Arkansas to talk with us. This event only happens once every two years. All this now and more on Soaring the Sky. Ashfat Avichanpan. Welcome to Soaring the Sky. Glad to have you today. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Nice to meet you. Ah, Nice to meet you. When did your aviation adventure begin? Well, um... That's a pretty big story, but I will formulate into a small one. Actually, I'm not from an aviation background, and, but I always had a dream of flying, especially during my college days, during my bachelor's, so to say. And in my home country, uh, flying gliders was not a famous sport or hobby like here in Germany, but there are quite few glider clubs in India and I never even had a chance to fly gliders at my home country or even someone even told me before about it. Even the flying were almost expensive there. (laughs) Um, Then my soaring adventure, it really started after I came to Germany for my master studies. Uh, It was a technical university contract. And during my study, and I did some lot of course modules uh, in the direction of aerodynamics, and I happened to have most of the lectures at Institute for Fluid Mechanics, and some of them were even at German Aerospace Center. That's where the Braunschweig Research Airport is located. And one day, during the weekdays, I eventually spotted some of the gliders flying, and I was like, okay. And, and I was really excited at that point, and I started to collect more information through online sources, like how much does it cost and where can I start my training. And then uh, in the phase of searching for a student topic for my student project, I found a really interesting topic at an institute for aircraft design and lightweight structures. And there, a guy who is my supervisor, and during a conversation, he told me that he himself is a glider pilot and also a flight instructor and a chairman of a club. That that was a turning point for me. And I was I said to him, I, re, I told him that I was looking for a club to start my sailplane pilot training. And that he said, really cool. You can start our club, start at our club. 
if you really want to. And I, I was really excited and I was waiting for the weekend and I went there and I, my intro flights were with ASB1 train. That was the training glider. And I had really an awesome experience that I had never had in my life before. And at the end of the day, I just signed up the signed up in the club and I started my training from there. That that's how my sailplane journey got started. Now what type of launch did you do? Was it aerotow or winch launch? What was that Actually, first launch? in our airfield we don't have a aerotow uh, endorsement. And we do have a, a motor sailplane, but uh, we still do winch launches here. That's uh, officially the one type of launching method what we have here. What was your first flight then? What type of launch? Uh, that was a winch launch with ASK-13 was my was the first method of winch launch. Well, for a first flight, that must have been exhilarating. Yeah, it was it was really incredible, and I was I never know how it works. And he was the flight instructor. He's called Max, and he was explaining me like it will accelerate at the beginning at the beginning, and it will be uh, it will be okay. He said, "Yeah, yeah." And I was and I even had looked at so many videos on YouTube, and I was I was not. Uh, so much excited about it but later when i was in the sky after the release point and it was so awesome where did you go on from there yeah after after my training i had my first solo my first solo is something like every every pilot know that about in great detail and i did my first solo at a flight camp we always do that at the middle of a year and we take all our trailers and aircraft to your other flying club in north of germany and during this two-week flight camp and i did my first solo and it was really nice it was actually a very calm day and i still remember that day in a great detail for example i did three flights in the traffic pattern on my second takeoff uh, and i took off i found a thermal and uh, it's starting to build up on my downwind and my variometer needle was starting to move like one meter per second, two meter per second. Oh, it was incredible. Like I, I like the melody of that barrio. But I really wanted to complete two more flights to complete my examination. It was a day that I could never forget. It was super amazing. And even there is a tradition in Germany that when you complete your first solo, they pour water. And everyone almost at the club will slap you in your butt with a flat hand. It was painting like hell. And there were almost 30 people at the day, if I remember correctly. And then they thrown me finally into your pool at the airfield. <laughs> it was awesome. And the next day, after my first solo, uh, the weather was really good, like, you can even imagine when, when the professional gliders, like they take out the gliders and they do the flight plan, they will be really waiting for like how the, the student pilots are performing there and they look at us how the thermals are uh, starting to begin on that day, begin on that day. And I took the first flight, also after my first solo, I had a really awesome flight. After I took off from the release point, it was around 550 meters. I remember that from the ground and I found thermal straight away after the launch 
Barrier meter was constantly showing me three meter per second. I couldn't even believe it at first. Uh, I was climbing on 1,600 meters, like an elevator, so to say. <laughs> Eventually reached up to 2,100 meters. That was an incredible feeling. Uh, I can't even forget that. That was after my first solo. Oh, wow. Yeah. First solo and you're getting all kinds of lift. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. That's incredible, yeah. Then, then after that flight camp, and uh, there are some three levels of examination for soaring for, for a sailplane pilot license training here in Germany. That A was my solo, and B was something related to finding thermals and circling with other gliders and some emergency maneuvers. And the C is uh, where you do your navigation and you will get to know some other single-seater gliders and you will be introduced to it and you will start flying on that and you start preparing for it. You will be start, starting to prepare for your cross-country soaring. And then uh, at the end of the year, on 2018, uh, December, after that I did my theory examination, your sailplane pilot license, and it went well. I, I really got some good marks. <laughs> then uh, I did my first cross-country again in a flight camp. That was really my most memorable flight, I would say. That was, I'd, I'd, I actually trained a lot in K6E, which is the glider after your training, like after SA13, you will train in K8. Then you will be training in K6E. But uh, during my flight camp, uh, I was supposed to fly in K6E, but we didn't have the board book, for the, I mean the board book for the aircraft, and my flight instructor said, no, you can't do your first cross-country soaring uh, with K6E because you don't have a board book. I was like, Okay, so what else can we do today? Because that day was an incredible, inc incredible, because there were a lot of thermals and every sailplane was, they decided to soar like 200, 300 kilometers, like, or, or even more. And I really wanted to do my cross-country soaring that day and, and I was really frustrated that I won't be doing that. Then we came up with an idea there was another aircraft, another glider, that's called SZD-30 Pirate. It's from Poland. And I did some three uh, perfect landings. Like, before you go for a cross-country, you have to get to know about the glider properly. So I did some three perfect landings. And I did my first cross-country for 112 kilometers. That was awesome. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Then uh, after that, I even did a second cross-country uh, with the same glider. But after two days, I was flying over a, a small forest. And then I, I began to, I got into a region where there's a big sink. And I really tried to avoid it. But I really could not. I lost almost like 400 to 500 meters. Uh, even though I haven't reserved about, like, I decided, I decided to look for an outside landing possibilities. 
and eventually I found one. And the field was really looking good to make the landing. And I was like, okay, this is the day. And make your checklist, get ready. And I thought that I'm not gonna make to to my home airfield. So I decided to land in the outside field. Then somehow I I had a sight of some tractors mowing in the field. <laughs> Actually, uh-huh. the farmers need to fly back home. As they were mowing the field with their brick tractors, I can literally see the dust that moving up like rising columns of air. <laughs> then I made a slight left hand and I approached the area and my variometer was hitting the limiter like it was it was so awesome i could literally feel the strong lift and it was a bit troubling then i tried to center into the thermals then i climbed up to 900 meters above the ground level then i made my final glide back to the airfield it was awesome i was telling everyone about this but you know it was good training because you mapped out the field. You decided where you were going to land if you had to do it. And you had that pretty much figured out. And then you got some lift. So that, that's that's very cool. That's very cool because we, we always uh, train uh, before you go for a cross country. Uh, I had some previous cross country soaring experiences with my flight instructors. Because you, uh, you do a cross country with your flight instructor like two times. One for navigation purpose and then the other one for a metrology purpose so in the navigation for the navigation purpose i did a cross country for my flight instructor for almost 300 kilometers and he he showed me how it it works like cross country and how you have to navigate and even you have the possibility with the axis source you can literally see the other aircraft like how they are climbing with the flam then that's really a good preparation uh, before you do your first soaring, cross-country soaring. That helped me a lot. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the FLAM is actually, we connected with the Wi-Fi, with our XESOR, and it shows the other aircraft, like it shows how good are they climbing. I can see the aircraft, okay, they are climbing like two meters per second. Okay, maybe I will go there, work with the other aircrafts. That's really awesome. That's very helpful to gain altitude and go and find your next waypoint or going further. <laughs> so what are you flying right now? Now it's winter. <laughs> I actually uh, started started with ASK-13, then I flied uh, K-8 for a couple of times or even... And six seven hours and then i fly k6e then i had an opportunity to fly k4 it's called rhone leisure john and it's it it does looks like two to three if i'm not wrong and then i had an opportunity to fly pirate as at 30 in which i did my cross-country flying and even i fly Deodiscus. And I hope I will be flying uh, LS4 and Discus in future, and maybe this year after my winch launching license, because we have a structure in our airfield that if you want to fly 
the fiberglass ships, you have to get a winch launching license, like winch driver license. That's like a milestone for us. Okay, very cool. I'm not real familiar with the winch launching. I have to do that yet. I'm actually looking forward to doing that. But All right. Yeah, and, and you did it for your first flight. So like I said, that must have been exhilarating because I've heard that it's very, very fast. Everything happens really fast and you have to exactly. really pay attention. Uh, but there are different types of winch launching. I mean, the type of rope they use, for example, we use a steel rope here at our airfield. And some of the airfield, they use uh, some synthetic ropes, synthetic fiber ropes, if I'm not wrong. And, right. Uh, in that uh, type of winch launching, you can't get too much uh, higher angle of attacks. I mean, you can't like it won't be so fast as the steel launching. That's what my experience, uh, I would say, that's what I felt in the difference between the two. So the synthetic is slower and the steel, the steel it's, it's is not, uh, faster. It's, lower, it's not so aggressive as uh, the steel one. Like you are really, uh, really pulled up faster in steel when, when I compare to the other one, the synthetic one. Yeah, that makes Maybe sense. Maybe that's wrong. <laughs> it's a perception. Who knows? <laughs> I'm sure the synthetic would obviously, of course, break quick, easier, so I'm sure they can't go as fast. Yeah, that, that's for sure, because in flight camps, we had a lot of uh, the synthetic ropes were uh, breaking, and we had to reattach and repair it like every twice a day, I guess. We had some lot of rope breaks. And it's really frustrating during the flight camp because there will be a lot of glider pilots. They have to they they wish to be on the sky as soon as possible before the thermals rise. And when this happens, it's really disappointing for them. So there we should find another way to repair the ropes as fast as possible in the future. Speaking of the future, Ash, what are your plans as far as aviation goes? So I would like to do some more cross-country soaring. And maybe if I get a chance uh, next year, or I will try to participate in a competition, a gliding competition in an in a entry-level class, or uh, I need to, or I, I even had an interest of doing aerobatics, like uh, aerobatics and gliders. For that, I need some 50 hours of uh, extra flight. After your license, you have to do your 50 hours of soaring, then you can start your aerobatics training. Probably I plan to do it in the coming years. Yeah, aerobatics would be a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, really. It is because uh, uh, during uh, the start of January this year, um, I was with the flight instructor and he wants to do his check ride. And I was helping him on the day uh, to move the aircrafts to the starting point, And I was doing some groundwork for him. And uh, he said, uh, do you want to fly today? Yeah, of course. I'm always there to fly. <laughs> and he said, yeah, then let's do it. And uh, after the aerotow, we were almost like 500 meters. We actually, there was a good wave that day. And we did a wave flying. And we climbed at, a, at a one point from 500 meters to 1,000 meters. We're doing nothing like we were standing in exactly the same place. That's what that was my first wave experience. And after that, we did some aerobatics, <laughs> like two loopings with ASK 1 3. <laughs> then <laughs> that was really awesome. 
then from that uh, I have a feeling that why not I even I would like to even do that in the future if I get an opportunity to do it. Oh yeah, you got a taste of that, so you gotta you gotta have some more. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, of course, for sure. Now we were talking earlier before we started this, and you're originally from India, and you were talking about they do actually have some glider clubs there, and you were thinking about maybe in the future starting one yourself. Yeah, maybe, uh, but 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 that's that's that that's not an easy task to start a flying club in India because we have very strict regulations from DGCA, that's called Director General of Civil Aviation, and maybe I will go there and. I will try out the gliders, what they had. I have seen some YouTube videos what all the gliders they are using. They have some uh, gliders like Blank L3 and then ASK-13 and they also have a Boschian. It's a Poland aircraft. Yeah, maybe I will, I will, maybe I'm, I'm, I will be flying in, in the next couple of months to India to visit my parents. Maybe if I get a chance, why not? I will try there. Oh yeah, that would that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I guess what is the one thing that you really enjoy about soaring? The best part about soaring is like the cross countries. The co- cross countries, like when you when you go with your friends or your club members, and when you soar together and do uh, accomplishing the tasks, and that's really a fun. That make me really fun. Like the flight camps, like you stay there for seven days a week and you talk only about flying and you do only flying, flying, flying all day. That's that's the best part about flying. I, I would like to really fly all day when I get an opportunity, like not to work. You get money, you get time and, and fly. <laughs> yeah, if in a perfect world, if we could only just fly every day, right? That would be that would be nice great i would say a good goal for the future so you're doing something at your club we had talked a little bit about and you're trying to raise some money to get some things done how are you doing that yeah actually uh we have a we got a situation at our club like uh our due discourse due to the years of extensive use and the surface of the the wings and we had some cracks and shards and which led to a structural damage uh, when we use it further so in order to continue this uh, to operate our theodoscus glider uh, and to maintain it in our club uh, we need a financial support to repaint it unfortunately uh, uh, it is associated with very high costs like it, it costs around 20,000 euros and it would be a great help if the listeners of this podcast contribute a small amount of money to our crowdfunding campaign. That will benefit for our upcoming flight students and junior pilots like me to get more cross-country trainings. And at the moment, uh, we have very limited resources at our disposal and we, we need your help. And with this support, we can ensure the pilot training of people through our volunteer flight instructors for the future. Well, I will definitely put a link in the show notes for those that want to help out and keep you all flying. Put it right there. Also, you have an Instagram, Ash the Explorist, if I remember correctly. <laughs> That's correct. So I've enjoyed a lot of the pictures you've posted there. 
it's it's thank you thank you it's very cool watching different clubs all over the world different people flying and we're all kind of linked in with each other and we can check out things and especially like in the winter time you know here i can't do a lot of flying in the mid-atlantic portion here of the united states so it's nice to see all the pictures from other parts of the world that are having their summer and warmer. It's, it's yeah, sure. Cool. We, we even can't fly during the winters here because we will be doing some winter works. Yeah, that's why the people, they fly to Namibia or South Africa and they start flying there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Find the uh, endless summer, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like birds, they fly to some other countries and it's like hibernation. <laughs> they go there and they fly just like that. Yeah, they're smart. <laughs> they are smart. What do, what do you think we could do to encourage to encourage other people to get involved in aviation and especially the younger people because you know a lot of our clubs it's an older crowd which is great but we really need to get some of those younger people involved. So what do you think we could do to encourage them? Actually, I would say uh, we organize some programs like pilot for a day or something in that sort like people come come and try out the hobby whether it suits for them and they should really have a feeling that that this is the hobby that i want to really do it like they should be very passionate about it and without passion or without interest you can't start something out like flying in this case so they should be introduced to this sport when they have an opportunity because I didn't have that before in my life. So after after my bachelor's and it was I was 23 years old. Now I'm 25. I was introduced to soaring when I'm 23 and I was 23. So I even envy about the young generation pilots today because they had a chance to start their training our first solo maybe at 14 years of age. And most of them got their pilot licenses even before they are eligible to get their driving licenses. That's crazy for me at first when I heard about it. It so, is. I I didn't yeah. have the opportunity till later myself. And I, I can't okay. imagine flying before I was driving. That would have been very cool, though. That, that would be really cool. Even at our club, we have a lot of young pilots. Like They started at 13 years of age. And they, they did their first solo and they were they were really waiting for the, to get 14 years of age to do their first solo. <laughs> then they got their pilot license at age of 16. And they are super experienced pilots now, better than me. <laughs> uh, I would respect them. It's it's really awesome. It is. We need to get get more younger people involved in and have more of them flying before they're driving. That would be totally cool. And get the average age of soaring down there. So Exactly. In your flying experience, what have you found? Maybe some advice, like how would you tell someone how to be a better and safer pilot? Well, um, I heard my flight instructors when I, when, I, when I was in training period. They were always saying this phrase like, don't be too low and too slow and something like that. And that that's 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 for sure. And I would say be a confident pilot and always do the checks step by step. Have a checklist. And please do not memorize the check procedures because eventually we will forget it one day. 
And we have to often practice emergency maneuvers, like what happens if a rope breaks, and we have to recreate those scenarios and always do some outside landing, like try to make the scenario and try to practice a lot. And the most important thing, to not stop flying and fly often and practice more. Take participate even in flying events if the time and money permits you. <laughs> some good advice for sure, Ash. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us here on Soaring the Sky today. Thank, it's been Thank you for the invite. Absolutely. It's been great to hear your story. I'm looking forward to the future and, and what it has in store for you. It sounds like some, some really cool stuff going on there in Soaring. And keep yeah, on flying. Thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> nice meeting you. Thank you, Ash, for sharing your story. We now head down to Little Rock, Arkansas to join Chris Schrader. Chris Schrader, you are down at Little Rock at the SSA Soaring Convention. How are you doing? Doing great, Chuck. So what is happening this weekend? Well, we're at the 2020 SSA convention. Uh, the convention's held about every two years. Uh, last year, or last time around, it was in Reno. Uh, this year, it's here in Little Rock. Uh, the convention is made up, um, well, the SSA hosts it, uh, but we have a lot of vendors here, the uh, glider manufacturers, everything from the latest uh, Diana 3, JS3, the Arcus, the ASG32, the Ventus 3, the new AS21B. So all the manufacturers are here, Black, Atlantic, America. Um, and we've got a few old vintage classic gliders on the floor as well. Some of the other vendors include Wings and Wheels and Clear Nav, Cumulus Soaring. Pat Costello's here from Costello and Insurance Associates, uh, Craggy Arrow. And then there's other manufacturers like LX Nav, Cobra Trailers, uh, IMI Gliding. And if I forget anybody, I apologize. Uh, Sky Launch, the winches. Uh, Sky Sight, Matthew Scudder from Sky Sight. So we've got, uh, I don't know, pretty much everybody, anybody and everybody who's in Soaring is, is here this weekend. Unlike we've talked about, you know, the convention is the place to be, the soaring convention, because, you know, unlike Oshkosh, which, which is awesome, but that's all, everything is all soaring all weekend. Yes, there's, uh, throughout the weekend, um, uh, starting on th Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, each day, there are sessions that start in the morning. Um, these are breakfasts and luncheon sessions and with various guest lecturers and speakers. And they talk about everything from club and chapter, uh, you know, issue like how clubs operate to um, there's Ostiv uh, presentations on glider design and the latest in aerodynamics or glider crash safety and things like that. There's, I don't even know where to begin, but there's basically presentations on every topic from weather to uh, flight instructors and commercial operations. It's got to be like walking through a giant adult toy store, you know, all those uh -huh. gliders sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, I could write a lot of checks that would bounce immediately here. <laughs> my, my wife sent me without the checkbook this time around. So. <laughs> uh, smart lady. Yes. I saw Sebastian there on Facebook. He was standing there with the, the new Diana. Yes, yes. I, I Unfortunately, I, I, I didn't get to see his presentation. But yes, uh, we had a number of uh, guest speakers, Sebastian included. Sarah Arnold is going to give a presentation tonight at the Soaring Awards Banquets at 7 o'clock. Yeah, I heard that. And she just recently won the championship there at the Women's Gliding Championships down at Lake Keep It in Australia. Yes, and it's been a multi-year process. Uh, she's been putting in the work for a long time. This was, her, th I believe, her third 
worlds, women's worlds. Uh, and they had just, fl- they just flew, they were there the year prior, uh, at the pre worlds warming up, if you will. Um, wow. and yes, they they, what she accomplished in, in Australia was nothing short of amazing. It's, uh, everybody is so proud of her. Yes. Well-deserved for sure. Well, Chris, thanks for joining us and taking some time out of your busy schedule there at Little Rock. I'm happy you could let us know what's going on. And I'm sure it's been a fun-filled weekend all about soaring. Yes, it has. And for the for your listeners who've never been to one, um, it's not just about racing sailplanes. The presentations are about literally everything under the sun soaring. Um, there's a lot of people here that get together to talk about old vintage gliders, the good old days of soaring. And, and uh, at the same note, there's uh, we saw a lot of kids in youth and juniors. Uh, we had United States Air Force Academy students uh, come through the convention center and take part. So uh, it's 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 a little bit of everybody. Very cool. That's definitely what we need. We need the younger group to come in and take over. Yes, absolutely. Chris, have a good night. Thanks for checking in with us from, from Little Rock. Appreciate it, Chuck. Anytime. And uh, we'll see you in two years. All right. All right. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you, Chris, for that update in Little Rock, Arkansas at the SSA convention. Also, thank you again to Ash for sharing his story here on Soaring This Guy. And thank you for listening to another episode. If you'd like to catch up with us on social media, Michelle will have all that information for you next. So until next week, happy soaring. You can find us on social media. On Facebook, it's Soaring the Sky Podcast. On Instagram, it's the same, Soaring the Sky Podcast. If you would like to say hi, just drop Chuck a line at chuck at soaringthesky.com. Or you can send us a note on the website, soaringthesky.com. Also, if you're a pilot, we want to hear your story. Just send us an email and Chuck will get in touch with you. We hope you join us next week for another great guest and adventure on Soaring the Sky.